This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodger fans? Hope you're having a great week so far. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are 9-9 and as we are recording Tuesday evening. That means if they're going to make Jake's 40-10 and run, they got to go 31-1 the rest of the way. I don't know if that's ever we been done. We can do done. it. I don't know if that's ever been we done. We can do this. it. Okay. I like Mars hot. It's time to get Mars hot. I don't know if that's red hot, been baby, just like the red planet this season, but maybe the Dodgers will be the first tonight is all about Clayton Kershaw through seven shutout innings, nine strikeouts, three hits, man, that seventh inning was absolutely electrifying when he had runners on the corners with two outs and he struck out Tommy Pham with a swinging slider. He now moves into 22nd all time. And all-time strikeouts. And he also picked up his 200th career win. Already was a lock to be a Hall of Famer. But just adding milestones as we speak. He's now 3-1 and one on the season with a 252 ERA. Jake Reiner, the Dodgers won 5-0. What are your thoughts on this team and Clayton Kershaw? Well, it just is so beautiful to watch him pitch the way he's pitched at his age at this stage of his career still dominating hitters um just the swing and miss on the breaking ball and the slider is just it's better than it's ever looked i mean or it's just as good as it ever looked either way he's dealing and it's just a great uh, a win because not only is it career win number 200 but the dodgers really needed a win like this their first shutout of the season which is kind of uh, remarkable and kind of says a lot about um, how this bullpen has been and how badly they and how bad they have been. Um, but yeah, I mean, a, a great night, a great win. JD Martinez is is red hot, and I'm sure we'll get into it. But you know, if the offense doesn't hit home runs at at all, they're not going to score. It seems so. We'll get into that, but a good win overall. J.D. Martinez had two home runs to support Clayton Kershaw. That's home runs number two and number three. He also had four hits total that game, four RBIs, 869 OPS, which you wouldn't expect that because he's been kind of off to a slow start. But tonight was certainly a wake-up performance for J.D. Martinez. Back to Clayton Kershaw, though, because I'm sure David Rosenthal has some more to say. But a fun fact, thanks to Codify, since they started tracking this statistic back in 2008, Clayton Kershaw leads the pack by a mile with 3,296 swinging strikes with a curveball and slider. The next closest two are a tie between Irvin Santana and Max Scherzer, who we'll talk about later with 2,101. I mean, that was as good as a performance we've seen from any pitcher all year, I think. I mean, league-wide. That was pretty dominant all around. And I I haven't seen him expressed that much emotion like he did when he got the last strikeout in the seventh inning maybe ever i mean i can't remember the last time he really screamed like that walking off a mound uh i mean you can think of maybe a couple times in the playoffs but honestly nothing is really jumping to my mind so clearly this game and the milestone of 200 meant a lot to him uh his whole family was there uh, and then you saw him kind of wave to him afterwards in the dugout, like 10 minutes later, back to being chill family, dad, Kirsch. But no, I mean this, he, he basically saved this podcast from just being a complete rail fest on this Dodgers team because they, before this game looked like complete ass, it's been feast or famine, a lot of famine. 
uh, and a lot of guys are struggling, but good job, Clayton Kershaw, for making this slightly more positive today. I just have one more thing to add on the Kershaw front. I remember after a few starts that he's had this year, he was a little wobbly against Arizona. I think he made some comments about not being competitive enough on the mound. He needs to be more competitive and make competitive pitches. And tonight he looked as locked in as ever. And to that point that David just mentioned about him showing the emotion, that was a huge moment for him in that game because at that point before he had runners on base, there was two out in the inning and then two guys got aboard and it it looked like, you know, one bad pitch here, one bad pitch there. And all of a sudden the Mets are right back in this ball game. Dave Roberts sticks with him, even though he's over a hundred pitches and he gets the la- the final batter out and just erupts. And I think that all of that, combined for that moment was was huge for him well let's not give dave too much credit honestly because he didn't have anyone warming up and he had just told phillips to warm up so i i think it would have been another bringing a guy who's not ready last year nlds situation anyway but but yeah i guess he still left him in 25 innings thrown only four walks year 16 for clayton kershaw as dialed in as ever just throwing that out there he looks good so far in april Monday night was not as pretty as previously alluded to. The Dodgers scored six runs, but they gave up eight runs. Wasn't the best outing for Dustin May, gave up five runs. But man, this Dodgers bullpen, that was one of the more brutal performances they displayed this season. When we get into the seventh inning, Alex Vesiak did his job. The previous inning got the one out. Some people think he shouldn't have gone out there for a second inning. I don't think that was that critical of a mistake because he only had thrown like six or seven pitches the inning before. Had a clean slate, obviously. Had to leave with the bases loaded. Nobody out. Get into more of him in a second. But Phil Bickford was horrendous as well. I did not like the spot for him at all. I don't think you should feed anyone named Phil Bickford to the dogs with the bases loaded and nobody out based off what we've seen from him the last season. Had a balk immediately. Gave up the other two runs. Dodgers go on to lose this game eight to six, despite Freddie Freeman having two home runs and looking more alive. Yeah. Last I mean, night's game was, was just awful. Um, You know, from, from a, from a pitching standpoint, it seems as though this team can't figure out how to match the pitching and the hitting on the same night. And we saw that tonight, Tuesday night against the Mets and the win, but that's obviously how they're going to win, win baseball games. The problem has been just the inconsistency and you don't know what you can count on from night to night. I didn't really have a problem going with Bickford there. I mean, when you look at the Dodgers bullpen, he's been one of their best relievers, frankly. Uh, I mean, he's striking batters out more than any other Dodgers reliever. Vesia, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if he's going to, they're going to have to work on him in the minors or something, but he's given up 15 hits in five innings. 15 hits in five innings, and that's not including a couple walks and seven earned runs. So something is wrong there, clearly. Uh, he is not getting any kind of swing and miss or or, or, or anything for that matter. Uh, Gratterall, on the other hand, looks phenomenal the last two outings. He's striking guys out. He's like, missing bats. Literally. I think he struck out three in his last appearance and two tonight, I believe. So... That is by far the most encouraging thing anybody can see or say about the Dodgers bullpen. Questions coming from RGERC22 on Twitter. How long do we have to hold on to Phil Bickford and Alex Vesia? I think Phil Bickford, I don't agree with David. That was not the right spot for Phil Bickford. Bases loaded, well, who nobody you going, out. Who are you going with there? Gratterall or Phillips, easily. I mean, what inning was that? Fifth or seventh? The seventh. It was the seventh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can go with one of those guys. I just, I've seen Bickford look better than most of the Dodgers bullpen, frankly. But lower level. Well, I think, I think, I think to, I think to Kevin's point, you want to have a clean inning with him. You don't want to bring him in with the bases loaded and nobody out. You want to bring in a guy like Phillips, who's been in that spot a lot and has succeeded. Uh, I think that, that, you know, it's, it's a coin toss a lot of the time, but that's a really tough situation to throw him into. Agreed. It just, it kind of materialized itself really quickly. And I don't think Dave was looking to go to Phillips right there. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I didn't think it was that bad of a move. It just didn't work out. 
I don't think the Dodgers are going to get rid of Phil Bickford anytime soon, especially with Daniel Hudson just getting moved to the 60-day IL, which will keep him out till May 29th. Guys just having the worst knee injury of all time, apparently. I, I agree with David to the extent that Phil Bickford hasn't been that bad. He is pretty good when you put him in in a clean inning. He seems to get out of it. But yeah, that was just not the right spot for him. And then Alex Vesia, I was actually going to have no are you kidding me this week? But man, are you kidding me, Alex Vesia? This season you're having so far is maybe one of the worst starts I've ever seen from a Dodgers reliever. David already threw out one great hard-hitting stat. Against his fastball, opponents are hitting 476. Against his slider, opponents are hitting 714. He has a 1260 ERA and a 340 whip. He is not getting any fools whatsoever. And it just seems like all his pitches are pretty flat and just hovering over the plate and hitters are having their day with him. And David mentioned it. I actually think it's time to send him to AAA. This isn't me saying you're done with Alex Vesia for life, but he has minor league options. Send him down for two weeks. Let's get this figured out mechanically. Bring him back up in May. And let's hope we can flip the script because this is just unacceptable. Yeah, and you have I mean, options. Do we think you got up. I mean, they just brought Brule, Brule back, who's been really good in AAA. And Victor Gonzalez, if you look at what he's doing in AAA, he's been lights out down there. So you have options in, in terms of left-handed relievers until Vestia can get back on track. But, yeah, I mean, you can't keep sending him out there in high-leverage situations with, with these numbers. You can't. I, I just wonder how much how much the pitch clock is affecting him or not. Yeah. I mean, we're just seeing we're just yep. seeing so a lot of bullpens out there, a lot of relievers that are typically really good are really bad now. Um, and same with starting pitching too, but but it's mainly hitting the bullpen hard because high leverage relievers are used to coming into high leverage spots and taking their time and really dictating the pace. They can't do that anymore. Yep. So I think that they're going to allow Vessi a little bit more of a leash, but I don't. I mean, I don't think it's a bad idea to send him down to figure it out, throw him into the fire in AAA games and just get that rhythm down. So when he comes back up, he's great. Remember when they first brought him up in 21, he wasn't good. Yep. Then they sent him down. He worked on some stuff, came back up and he was great. And it's a completely different story because in 21, he wasn't throwing strikes. He was just walking everybody this time around. It's just everything he's throwing is getting hit. But it's yeah. just throwing too many strikes, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, exactly. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at mvmt.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at mvmt.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So you guys kind of answered the next question, which is good. Coming from Checo14, how do we improve the bullpen? Is there anyone in AAA they could call up, or maybe there's some trade ideas you're floating around early on? I mean, I kind of already I mentioned mean, Victor Gonzalez. Uh, I mean, I think if you're going to make a move for Vesia, that's... 100% what they what they got to do. Um I mean they signed a couple other guys like like uh Tyler Sear, I, I don't know how he's doing. Jake Reed's still down there somewhere I think. Uh Suero. <laughs> but in terms of a trade, you're not really going to do anything in April for a trade. Um you kind of just got to let these guys ride it out. I I I think I said it last week. I completely agree with that pitch clock uh affecting these relievers in particular cuz in general relievers are much slower workers than starters. You know, you'll see a starter want to get out there and, and just go. But relievers, when you only are planning to throw 12 pitches in an inning, you're going to take more care, more time, more thought to actually figure out what the hell you're going to throw and what you're going to do. So again, it's still early. It's just, it's been very discouraging for most of these Dodgers relievers. 
except for Shelby Miller, by the way, who has not allowed a run. Uh, but I'd like to see them use him more in high leverage situations, frankly. That they could be their own. Will. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not ready to blame the pitch clock. We're already seeing some pitchers in the sport. Someone on the White Sox, I don't think it was Cease, but it might have been a reliever, said they're juicing the balls. They're just changing it every game. And I honestly believe that with just how much offense we're seeing more home runs hit than ever, I feel like. Like, I don't even know. Jason Hayward has four home runs somehow. Trace Thompson has four home runs. Look around the league. Lots of guys who aren't power hitters have home runs. The ball is just flying. I know they got rid of the shift, but the the offense spike is just insane right now. Feels like we're in cores everywhere. It is, but you know, it could it, it could be an, a combination of those things. Definitely, totally. Yeah, I think Victor Gonzalez, based off how good he's looked in AAA, he could be the next man up, which is surprising because he was terrible in spring. But maybe he found something. He's throwing the ball hard too reading reports that he's throwing like 95, 96 miles per hour, which I don't remember Victor Gonzalez ever doing that in his life. So yeah, they have some options. I, you know, if there's one guy, if there's one guy I'm really rooting for, it's Victor Gonzalez. I I really would love to see him make a comeback because the heart, the passion, the fire that he brought in 2020 to that championship run was unmatched. I mean, he really was, just electric. And I just, I want to see that again from him. And I, I really hope that, that we're kind of gearing towards that. Taylor Scott, another name that could be called up at some point. He's he's pitching pretty well down there. Which is great because Oklahoma city, the PCL league is like hitters paradise. So if they're doing good there, then there's hope. Dodgers shortstop is a complete mess right now. There is talks about Mookie <laughs> Betts, who is out on paternity leave, but he could return Wednesday afternoon against the Betts to be the starting shortstop. Because here we are, Chris Taylor, currently dealing with a side injury, could be an oblique, they don't know yet, have not put him on the injured list. They called up Luke Williams, whether that's temporary or long-term, I don't know, because we're still waiting for Will Smith to come back because he's dealing with a concussion. So we have Austin Wins who's doing all right so far. He had that two-run base hit, two-run double, I should say. So they have the catcher situation kind of figured out, although I feel like they're missing Will Smith's bat for sure. But yeah, the shortstop, I mean, if Mookie Betts is your starting shortstop, I don't know if anyone saw that coming. Any comments there before I jump to the next shortstop? Well, yeah, I, it's I a, have it's some... It's a mess. I have some comments about Rojas, if that's what we're talking about right now. Yes, you can start it off. All right. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen a guy have a negative WRC plus, but he does. It's negative five. Negative five. His slugging percentage is 161, and his on-base percentage is 182. So this is remarkable how bad it's been offensively. I, I don't know how long you ride it out, I mean, we kind of knew he's there for defense, but this is an automatic out at the plate. And you can't really hide it for that long if this continues. Uh, the extension they gave him in the offseason, kind of weird timing. Perplex- perplexing. Yeah, very perplexing. Uh, not really sure the mindset there, um, but... I'm kind of at a loss for how this. I, I don't think I've seen a Dodger start this poorly. Luis negative, Cruz. Negative. Got to go to Luis Cruz, I bet. Who was like negative one. WRC plus, bro. I'm giving Miguel Rojas yeah. till April 30th. Sorry, go ahead, Jake. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I'm giving him a little bit more of a leash because he's he's thrown into this position that he wasn't he wasn't supposed to be. I mean, it was it was supposed to be Gavin about? He's a he was shortstop. Supposed, he was supposed to be a backup shortstop, not a starting shortstop. I mean, he's been starting in the Marlins for how many years? This is not, not on the Dodgers, though. This is nothing new. No, he but started this... on the Dodgers before in his career. This is this is no excuse. He wasn't a this. starting. He wasn't a starting infielder for the Dodgers. And, and by the way, saying I get what David's say, saying with say, the Marlins, though he is a true proven veteran. This guy was batting like 270, 280 not that long ago. 
last season there was a bit of a drop off, but he kind of threw the the wrist injury under the bus. This season though, like 125, how is that excusable? Whether you're a backup, even a third stringer, like you can't have a 125 batting average and be a major league baseball player. No, they could probably. I, you, I, they could probably it's get the away on with... base percentage is what's killing me. I'm not expecting him to hit doubles and triples. Just get on base, draw a couple walks. Your on base percentage is less than your weight. They're, they right know now. to throw him strikes because he can't hit anything. So that's the problem. They're not. He's His not going to get walks because they're just going to throw pitches down the middle because he can't touch them. His strikeout percentage is six percent higher than it's ever been, except for his rookie year. Everything has gone wrong for him so far. I bet you he's playing hurt. Like he 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 is. He's been banged up a few times already this season, and I bet he's playing hard to to because we don't have any other options there. I just think that if that if we're sitting here discussing what we can get out of Miguel Rojas offensively, something is really wrong with this team. Like we should not be having to rely on him to provide anything offensively when the rest of the guys should be carrying that weight. Now, Jake. granted. I I agree. It's not acceptable. I'm not saying it's acceptable. I'm just saying that we've got bigger issues. If, if we're, if we're focused on him providing us anything, Miguel Rojas OPS is less than Daniel Vogelbach's weight. That's ridiculous. That's not that hard to do. <laughs> yes, it is. Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm joking. They could probably get away with outriding him off the 40 man roster right now because I don't see how. No, they're not. They're not. Let's not even entertain (laughs) that. They're not doing that. We don't have a shortstop. We just signed him to an extension. Yeah, we're not. You can outright him off the roster. I just. But this is exactly. For a few weeks. By the way. Go ahead. By the way, this is exactly what I said in the offseason when they signed him to the extension. I was like, what are we doing? Let's see what we have first. I don't know why we're sending him to an extension, especially given the fact that he just came off like a hand injury or something like that. It makes no sense. Yeah. And like, what do we, did we think teams were going to be like getting in line to sign him? Like I didn't see the urgency there. It's not being paid that much. It's like, five. no, I agree. I agree. No, it's not about that. It's not about that. It's not about the money. It's about, it's about like trusting a guy sight unseen basically. And this is what he's producing which is less than what we thought he was going to produce way less. Yeah. Like almost this, impossibly this is, less. This is worse than Luke Rayleigh or Hanser Alberto. And that's way worse. A fact. That's just a fact. Yeah. They got a little happy, a little premature, a little, uh, you know, when they got Miguel Rojas on the roster, I guess. And they just wanted to throw an extra 5 million at him. But like I was trying to say, if you outright him off the roster for maybe just a couple weeks, cause I doubt any team's going to put a claim on him. That just happened with David Fletcher the other day. I guess you ride Luke Williams. Maybe we have to wait for Chris Taylor to be healthy to do that. So that's why I said well, April 30. Breaking news, Chris Taylor's not much better than Miguel Rojas right now. That's a whole nother discussion. I mean, he's at up. least he can at least he can hit the ball out of yeah. the park once in a while. Yeah. He's got four bombs. He's got like well, eleven hundred OPS against lefties, at least. There's something going right. Well, you want to look at his strikeout rate? Oh, I know it's bad. Yeah, it's terrible. It's always bad with him. But I'll still take him over Miguel Rojas any day right now. Let's take a quick break right here. Baseball is back in full swing, and there's no other place that you should get your tickets than TickPick. TickPick offers the most competitive prices out there in the ticket industries, and they have no service fees at checkout. That's right. You're going to see a price, and that's actually what you're going to pay at checkout because there are no hidden costs. I'm telling you, right now, you go to... Tick pick, download the app, search Dodgers, search Lakers, who are in the playoffs, crushing it. Search Clippers, search your favorite band who might be performing down the street next month. Look them up. Tick pick will have plenty of options for you to purchase. And like I just said, you're going to get your best bang for your buck because not only is it competitive prices, they'll match other competitors, but no service fees at checkout. So go ahead and check out Tick Pick, and I'm telling you, go have a fun time checking out your favorite source of entertainment. Safety stars on Twitter, who is missed the most right now? Gavin Lux, Walker Buehler, or Blake Trinan? 
Really Trinan. good question. Really good I think question. It's, I think it's Trinan. I mean, I, I would go I would go Trinan and then I would go Bueller, maybe then Lux if I were to rank them. Because I think that Trinan is a stabilizing force in a bullpen. He's the leader. He is he is that guy. And that is that is what they're sorely missing right now. Yeah, I agree. I honestly like I don't even know how how I would rank them. I think each of them brings something different, obviously. I mean, they're different positions, but I, I don't even know if I could answer that question. There's an argument for all three of them. Uh, the Dodgers are the Dodgers are missing a shortstop. They're missing a frontline slash fifth starter. Obviously, Bueller wouldn't be five, but everybody would slide down one, and then Cindergaard would be your five. And then, like Jake just said, you're missing a stabilizing force in the bullpen. Uh, so... I don't know. I would probably go if I really had to. I would probably go Trinan, Lux, and Bueller. Yeah, I was going with Jake's Trinan, Bueller, Lux. Just based off what we're seeing, obviously Bueller's the best of them all, but this team needs that reliever most. Yeah, yeah, that's why I went the way I did. I like this question coming from Whitman Seven on Twitter. How long till Dodgers accept that Trace Thompson can't hit left-handed pitching? I'll read you the splits because it's just baffling. He's hitting 118 with a 544 OPS against lefties. Meanwhile, he's hitting 417 against right-handed starters with a 1700 OPS. Can I can I take a moment? I feel like this is a good moment for this type of rant because it involves Trace Thompson and James Outman. All right, yeah. good. I was going there Under- too. Under no circumstances should James Outman not be in the starting lineup. Like, let's let's cut this shit. He's one of the best hitters on this team. I don't care what hand the pitcher is throwing the ball with. This guy can hit the ball, and he's proven it. And they slotted him up in the leadoff spot tonight. He's never done that before for this team. And he got two hits. And and I, correct me if I'm wrong. One or two stolen bases too. Like. That's a guy that you can't afford to leave on the bench, especially with the inconsistency of this offense. And I agree with with that with that listener. Trace Thompson has shown that he's not a lefties masher. He's a good ball player. He's a good fielder, and he can run into a few every now and again. But James Altman needs to be an everyday player, regardless of what hand the pitcher's throwing. So my answer to the question is going to be. They're going to realize that Trace Thompson isn't a lefty masher when they start to realize that James Altman might be. Uh, I mean, he's only got 13 plate appearances against left-handed pitching, seven at-bats this year. He's three for seven with a double and a home run. Five walks. So what are we doing? So what are we doing? Yes, it's a super small sample size, but clearly this guy is a a hitter. Uh, With the way the... Other outfielders have been struggling. David Peralta hitting under 150. Trace Thompson not really doing anything except hitting a couple home runs. Like Jake said, this guy needs to be in the starting lineup every single day, just like Mookie Betts, just like Freddie Freeman, and just like Will Smith when he comes back. Those that, those guys should be in the lineup every single day. Uh, you can rotate Hayward, Thompson, Peralta for the other outfield spot. Uh, it's as simple as that. Yep, you guys met, you guys absolutely nailed it. James Outman so far has actually hit lefties better than righties, like David just said, albeit small sample size. But enough with the training wheels. It started with spring training when they were being cute, like, oh, we don't know if James Outman will make the roster. Obviously, was the best outfielder statistically in spring training. And he's doing it again right now in the regular season. He is like tied or leads the team in war. Although no one, none of the superstars are really jumping off the page right now. So I feel like that's why Altman's been hanging up there. But regardless, he's getting on base every game. He's getting base hits. I like him hitting with runners in scoring position. I feel like he's got the tendency to drive guys in. There's a little bit of clutch in him. So I feel like maybe it'll be two more weeks, three more weeks, where they realize, yeah, Trace Thompson is reverse splits, and they're just going to have to accept it. And maybe a guy like Peralta just doesn't hit, so they have to start Thompson regularly against right-handed pitching in left field. And I don't know, but you got to have Outman in the lineup every day. That's the point. Okay. Um, I think we got some more questions. So where is it? David, I'm going to 
get this segment going for you. Do you have your idiot of the week? I do. Uh, so honestly, I'm kind of impressed with society over this past week. There wasn't that many outlandish idiots this week, but I think this was the clear, pretty heavy favorite for this week. So let me pull it up real quick. Blue Jays reliever, Anthony Bass. You probably saw this. On Twitter. <laughs> um, so this is the, crazy. The background is his, Pregnant wife and two young children were flying somewhere. And I guess there was a, uh, they gave the kids popcorn and it spilled. So here's the tweet from Anthony Bass. The flight attendant at United just made my 22 week pregnant wife traveling with a five year old and a two year old get on her hands and knees to pick up the popcorn mess by my youngest daughter. Are you kidding me? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. Okay, so I might have like the contrarian take here. I actually don't agree that they made this woman pick this up. I actually think that the cleaning crew, which they allegedly clean after every flight, should probably just handle it. I'm not going to tell a woman who's pregnant with kids to just clean up popcorn. That's what you have a vacuum for. But he's the idiot of the week because he posted this on Twitter trying to get sympathy. What are you doing? Just keep it to yourself, okay? There's probably a lot of people who don't think she should have been made to pick it up. Frankly, I, if you make a mess, just kind of just figure it out. Clean it up. They're, they're, they're not toddlers. One of them's five years old. Employ your five-year-old to help clean it up. Not the end of the world. But the fact that you posted this on Twitter... And then posted like four follow-up tweets about how how right you are makes you the absolute idiot of the week. He tried to get all cute with it and post a, a picture with his little kid holding a bag of popcorn to like try to make light of it. No, shut up. And finally, you're the super idiot of the week because your ERA right now is in the sevens. In the sevens. So not only is your family not cleaning anything up, you're not fucking cleaning anything up for the Toronto Blue Jays. So how about you clean up your mess, and then then maybe we can get United flight attendants to clean up your kids' mess. So Anthony Bass, idiot of the week, clean up your ERA. I think um, it was. I think he was pitching against the Astros, and I, I think it was their broadcast or whatever. Whatever team he was pitching against, the the broadcaster says, "Here comes Anthony Bass." Trying to clean up this mess. <laughs> Checo Fertine I mean, was hoping you would ask, bring him up. So good job. Yeah. I mean, just why are you posting that on Twitter? Like, just be mad about it privately. You know, you're not going to get sympathy for that. There is a sense of entitlement with that tweet, which is why people are mad about it. Now, again, I, I'm in favor of the vacuum after the plane cleaning that up. But don't post that and fix your ERA. Feels like a future Dodger. I don't know why. Freeman likes to buy low on these guys. In law to Eric Decker. That's a fun fact for you right there. And that's yep. all I got on Anthony Bass. So Dodgers, Mets, series tied up 1-1. Max Scherzer making his Dodger Stadium return Wednesday afternoon, taking on Noah Syndergaard. And I have some thoughts on Max Scherzer. So for some uh, background, I guess he had an interview with David Basset. They went back to talking about that NLCS game six where Max Scherzer obviously quit on us. Uh, Scherzer, again, making excuses, said his arm was fried, overcooked. When it's a rotator cuff and you take the mound, you are rolling the dice on your career. The team was built to win the World Series. It was one of the best teams I played on. The way that the season unfolded, unfolded left a sour taste in everyone's mouth. I get it. Scherzer did regret his comments about pointing the finger at the Dodgers about usage. Shut up. <laughs> Max Scherzer, go, just go fuck yourself because <laughs> you choosing the money over an opportunity to win a world series where, you know, the Dodgers traded their top two prospects to land you here in Los Angeles, along with Trey Turner. And you were awesome in the regular season. Like one of the best second halves I've ever seen from a Dodgers pitcher ever. You can hear me on record say, pay him what he wants. He was okay in the wild card game. He kept us in it. He closed it out against the Giants. He took his shirt off, claimed he was drunk after a sip of beer. I was like, I love this guy. And then you pull this stunt 
when the Dodgers are down in the series and it's your turn in the rotation and the night before you claim your arm is dead and you want to have Walker Buehler, who's on like two or three days rest, take the spot for you because you're probably thinking about that next big payday with that asshole Scott Boris where you want another $100 million, even though you already made like $200 million in your career instead of just going out there because this is a game where you're trying to win and the Dodgers needed you. As I just said, they literally kind of went all in to get you and you pull this stunt last second. And what happened probably led to Walker Buehler's Tommy John surgery as well. Cause he had pitched twice in the play- playoffs on three days rest. And I feel like after that game, Buehler was just never himself. Max Scherzer go to hell. Yeah. He made a business decision. And it's pretty clear. And also the fact that he blamed the Dodgers initially was just, it sounded like bullshit at the time. And it sounds even more bullshit now. It seems like he's regretted saying that. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I understand why, obviously, he's making a business decision and he doesn't, you know, he wants to get paid and all of that. And I get all of that. But no, no fan of any team wants to see their star pitcher lay down like that and give up when they need him the most. It, you know, it's like this is this is why you play, right? You play to get into the playoffs, to get to the World Series and win a World Series. That's why you play this game. And for him to think about greener pastures in that moment is just. It's unforgivable for any fan base. I don't know any fan base that would respect that decision from him. So I'll I'll be devil's advocate here. Um, if you saw the tweets from Vesse, the last one said Scherzer did regret his comments, pointing the finger at Dodgers about usage. He wished he could have expressed himself better, holding himself accountable. That to me is good enough. Like it was absolutely a business decision. And he could have been kind of more honest about that, but it is what it is. Honestly. I mean, you can't really, I think, I think what really makes this worse than if it was someone else is how he puts himself out to be like this super competitive, like don't touch me, look at me, fierce competitor. And then when it gets tough, when your arm's a little sore, you self-described overcooked, if you will, you kind of just bow out instead of at least giving it a go. And seeing what you got, even if it's just two or three innings, see what you got. So I think that's kind of where he lost me. But I do appreciate that he kind of walked back the comments and and kind of owned it a little bit. Uh, That being said, he is going to get booed to kingdom come tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's lucky it's a day game. Yeah, he is. He's not doing too well either. He has a 441 ERA. Uh, we we got to talk about this Dodgers-Cubs series real quick. Well, first of all, they got four more games with the Cubs coming up. That means more Cody Bellinger. But any quick thoughts on what we saw from Cody Bellinger? Dodgers lost the series, and I feel like Cody Bellinger got his revenge. He robbed Jason Hayward of a two-run home run. Uh, I think that was the game where the Dodgers ended up walking off. But regardless, that was costly for Hayward. That uh, they didn't They wouldn't have had to be in that situation. And then the last game of the series, he got a home run. Yeah, and he and that home run was the difference in the game. I I was there on Friday night for his first game back. They did a really nice tribute video for him on the screen. He was on the field. He got a standing ovation. Kind of hilarious in his first at bat. He got a pitch clock violation for uh, um, checking out the crowd and, and yeah, taking too long. Yeah, what the hell is that umpire doing? I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, bro! Like, read the room. Like, stop being yeah. a hardo. Those My umpires God. were awful that series. Awful, yeah, just that awful. Last game in the ninth inning, holy shit! Yeah, that was the worst umpire, worst um, home plate umpiring I've ever seen in one inning. It was yeah, just Osama atrocious territory. It was atrocious. But on the Cody Bellinger front, I mean, if you're if you're returning to Dodger Stadium, you can't think of a better series for him to have. Not only for him, but for his team. They come in, they beat the Dodgers up. Patrick Wisdom out of his goddamn mind, hitting balls out of the park left and right. Um, killed us too. Yeah, Hap killed us. That guy, Justin Steele, who I saw on Friday night, carved us up. We mm-hmm. had no shot against him. Um, yeah, it was just a really disappointing series all the way around. I mean, nothing was working for us. They avoid Steele this go around in Wrigley, but they get Marcus Stroman against Clayton Kershaw in the last game. Yeah. And I was a little I was a little bummed about um uh how 
you know, they Roberts brought in Andre Jackson in a one run game in that Friday night game and how, you know, there was 10 games set up in a row and he didn't want to use a leverage reliever in that spot because they, they want to be able to save it for the screw that, you know, the, the wins are going to be a lot more difficult this year. And when you have a shot to win it, you don't just punt a game and, and, and bring in a guy that is not a leverage reliever in a leverage spot. You just don't do it. I don't care how many games in a row you have. Like you don't do that. It made it a t- 10 times worse bringing in Andre Jackson. He was tipping his pitches. He gave up four bombs. He was terrible and they lost the game and the, the game was out of reach. I mean, they still had two more at bats where they could have come back and won that game. And the Dodgers have been able to strike, you know, strike lightning like they did the next night when their offense was bad. And and David Peralta comes up with a clutch two out two RBI single to win the game. So I just don't like punting any game, uh, especially this season when wins are hard to come by. Well, Andre Jackson is in Oklahoma City now, brushing up, uh, brushing up on his Japanese because I think that's his next destination if he doesn't get it together. Well, apparently he was tipping his pitches, so I still believe in, what in is, Jack. What does that mean, though? Tipping your what pitches? You, how is that an excuse? Like, it's not an excuse. He's got to. He's got to not tip his pitches. What needs to happen? Couple questions to round out the show, and then we're going to the final thoughts. Missed this one a couple weeks ago, so I'm bringing it back. So I apologize to Jello is jiggling. How are we feeling about Max Muncy's defense? I think it's gotten better. It's been better. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think that's something that over the course of a season, you don't really notice as much. He's not going to be a gold glover, but he's not going to be a complete liability. The bat yeah, is certainly I mean, waking certainly... up. Yeah, and and the, uh, the home run he hit on Monday night, my goodness. I mean, it was great to see him hit, really hit the shit out of a ball. We haven't seen that in a while where he just absolutely demolishes something. And that was great to see. Well, they need to work on when they turn those lights off at, at home. They, they yeah, turn, not. I mean, they turn those that, that those lights off before the ball landed. That seems like a safety yeah. issue. <laughs> right, right. I, you're not going to you're not going to see that coming. Yeah, that ball was on its way to China and they decided to set, turn the lights <laughs> off like David said. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, seven literally. home runs now, 15 RBIs, 983 OPS, that four home runs in that giant series in two games because they benched him in one of the games. And we talked about that last week. So hopefully Dave Roberts doesn't look like an ass next time and starts Max Munsey every single night against the Giants. And saving the best question for last, because I have no idea what the hell they're even talking about. But Rebecca 538. Two seven three three six. Why do the Dodgers get no love in the stupid great mascot race, let alone ever win? Can you say that again slower, please? Why do the Dodgers get no love in the stupid great mascot race, let alone ever win it? We don't even have a race. We don't even have a mascot. Is this is this some kind of competition I'm unaware of? I kind of want to like know before I just say I don't know. Is this, this like a very well be a chat GBT bot for all I know? Because I have no idea what the hell Rebecca no, is even talking about. We don't even. I have mean, a- I, I would love to answer, but I, I think it's because we don't have one. <laughs> this is the simplest answer I got for you right now. But I appreciate you listening. If if I appreciate you listening, yeah, they have one in it's Milwaukee. It. it looks like with the sausages, and then there's a president's one um, in D.C. It looks like and they've Cleveland. got the beat. They they've got the beat the freeze in Atlanta. Oh, yes, yep, seeing that right there. Cleveland and Kansas City do hot dog races. Um, yeah, it's, who was that guy that hit the guy in the sausage costume? Randall. Randall Simon. Yes. That was that was insane. <laughs> that was a great one of the great <laughs> what moments. A, what a lunatic. <laughs> I, I don't even see Dodgers on this Wikipedia for races, but okay. Appreciate the question, Rebecca. Hope you have a good one. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to discuss or you can move into the final thoughts if it's time to close out the show. 
Go ahead, David. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule coming up, and you got you got four with the Cubs, and then you got a day off, and then you got three with Pittsburgh. So I kind of want the Dodgers to get a little bit more on track here. I mean, they haven't really been on track at all, haven't really strung together a lot of wins in a row. Uh, their biggest win streak this year so far is three. Uh, they beat Colorado twice and then Arizona once and then proceeded to lose the next three against Arizona. So I, I don't know. I, I think hopefully we'll get to see Stroman this series because he's going to choke when it matters. Uh, but I, I would like to see them go five and two in the next uh, four after this next Mets game. In the next seven. The, pir- the Pirates have been kind of sneaky. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't underestimate them. They've been playing some good baseball and pitching well and uh, yeah, it, and and we did not match up well against the Cubs, so it's nope. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a grind. They got they gotta they gotta get more consistency um, out of the the offense and and the pitching. And but 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 more I mean more specifically for me, it's about hitting with runners in scoring position. I mean, the Dodgers left ten runners on base tonight, and even though they scored five, but. A lot of the times they'll only win if they can hit the if they can hit the long ball. It was nice yeah. to see some two out RBI opportunity for JD Martinez, but also the sack fly from Freddie. I want to see more of that. I want to see more contact with runners on, manufacturing runs, taking extra bases. We don't run at all. Um, I want to see more of that. More, more being more aggressive, forcing the issue. I think the Dodgers are you know have historically over the last few years have built their teams kind of that boomer bust and that's kind of what this team is right now and they definitely need a shift in that perspective because they're they're missing a lot of opportunities to score because other teams are doing it to them so i would like to see the dodgers play a little more aggressively yeah the dodgers scored five runs in that cub series gave up nine what is it nine uh looks like they gave up 12 runs so they got outscored 12 to 5 in that series loss uh they got to our bullpen with the andre jackson thing you mentioned but cubs are 10 and 6 this is an opportunity to take down a team above 500 the pirates are 11 and 7 so even though these teams aren't uh historically good the last couple of seasons they're off to good starts so if the dodgers can win these series i think that's a nice little momentum swing as we start to head into may uh, these matchups are interesting. Dustin May against Wesnetsky, Grove versus Tyon, Kershaw versus Stroman, Urias versus Smiley. So, oh yes, Kershaw versus Stroman is just good versus evil. <laughs> just best you know, person ever versus terrorist. You know Stroman's gonna get up for that game too because he's facing good. Kershaw because he's that kind of the f- guy. The fact that he hasn't blocked me on Twitter is actually insane because he blocks everybody. I think he's yeah. using me as motivation, honestly. Just because you said that he's going to I think he's waiting to like up. freezing cold take me or like update me on something because like I've given him every reason. I feel like you had that feud with Logan Webb and then you became friends with him and his it's actually after you became <laughs> friends with him, his career went downhill because... What is he like? Zero and three already this season. Zero and four. Well, he's pitching. That's that's because that's because David plays chess. Yeah, he's zero and four with a five ERA. <laughs> well, he's he's pitching. He's he's a, he's a solid pitcher. You got to give him that. And he, and he just got paid. So you're welcome, Logan, for writing this bad PR nightmare. <laughs> my uh, my final thoughts are back to Clayton Kershaw. Winning that 200 wins in 288 career decisions, apparently according to ESPN Stats and Info, his 694 career win percentage is the highest in MLB history among pitchers with 200-plus wins. He also lowered his ERA to 248, the lowest in the live ball era since they started tracking that in 1920. One of the all-time greats. One more Kershaw stat before we go. Tonight was the 36th, 36th, time in his career going at least seven innings while striking out nine and walking zero, which is two more than anyone in baseball history. That was courtesy of our friends from Dodgers tailgate. And I assume Oscar. Nice. Clayton Kershaw is just doing big things right now. So Kershaw Knights are the best. Uh, 16 years in 
Miguel Rojas dealing with a pulled hamstring issue. Oh, I guess Jake was right. Was still again. Jake was on. To I told he's, you he's playing injured. So well, uh, maybe maybe don't do that. No Taylor, no Rojas, we, it, Mookie Betts. But my point season. <laughs> Luke uh, Williams. Luke Williams almost had a moment tonight. Yeah, what the hell are we doing with that? Why do we always, always, always do that with new players or prospects? You're not going to start in the game, but in the biggest situation <laughs> in the game, we're just going to throw you in there. You're Oh, you're a reliever? Welcome to a bases-loaded, no-out situation for your debut. Why do we do that? I don't get it. Dave Roberts loves that. He loves to chase the moment, chase the glory for these guys. I know. I wish he did that more with Altman. Keep him in there every day. Yeah, seriously. Good stuff. Uh, any other final thoughts? All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Whether you're listening on the audio feed, make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Or if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, subscribe to our channel. We'll be doing this all season long, so follow along for the roller coaster that is the Dodger season thus far. A lot of up and down, but you know, five hundred. If they're five hundred in April, good enough for me. Honestly, it's just a warm up. Anyways, season gets rolling late May, early June. So, let's ride, go Dodgers. Have a good week, everybody. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.